Hey, Ryan, sure. how's it going this week? Good, man. Good. How are you? <laughs> Great. <laughs> we had some we had some technical difficulties today, Tim. I, I messed up my whole routine, and uh, that made me about uh, ten to fifteen minutes late to jump on here. So I apologize for that. And then when we got on, everything went haywire. The god and the machine just went nuts on us. Yeah, it was uh, quite the uh, go around with the microphones. And that's uh, that's what they, happens when you they, deal with computers, especially PC based computers. I guess. Do you find? I mean, uh, are you Mac owner? Um, well, I have iPhones and iPads in the house, but and I used the, to have a Mac. Did you like it? It was good, except for it was limited at the same time. That's, that's I, the trade-off, right? Yeah. It's really I, good, but you can't do much with it sometimes. Like you can't change the, some things. Yeah. I found that once I started playing PC games again, I was like, Mac who? Mac what? But I don't know. I, yeah. I guess that's the only limitation that really I saw. I'm, until your PC forgets where your microphone is for absolutely zero reason. <laughs> well, if if it's any consolation, I forgot where my headphones were tonight. And that was mm. what, that's what did it. And typically I, I have my routine all shaken up. Um, everyone's got a, I don't know, I'm a creature of routine. So I have to have like, uh, even though I have a, a little bit of chaos in my life where, wherever I work and live, uh, much to the disgust of the people who live with me. I always have like a little place for stuff that's important. So my, my headphones are always on my desk in my office, except if I actually go to work, which I wound up doing today. And I drove in to work and I didn't have my headphones there because sometimes I like to listen to music and I didn't have them there. So I went back to find out where they were when, when we were doing this podcast and lo and behold, they weren't there at all. So I broke my routine right up. And it not only did it mess up my work day, I didn't have my tunes when I was doing stuff, but then I get home and, and now I'm late for the podcast. So I apologize. I wasn't ready. Well, I bet you the listeners will be able to forget the fact that we were so late. I, I think so. <laughs> it's mostly for your benefit. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, we were, I guess we were, we promised to have Emma on this week, but we weren't able to get her on. So if you were listening last week and you were Looking for more, Emma, you're just going to have to wait a little bit longer because she's uh, tied up busy with schoolwork, which is probably a good thing for her to be doing. And uh, we'll catch up with her maybe next week if we're lucky. And we'll have more talk about her journey through the MCU and figure out a little bit more WandaVision, um, which we're going to talk about this week. But uh, we've been watching other stuff too. Have you been watching much, Tim, lately since... uh... I watched the last season of Westworld. It's available. Oh, how'd you like it? It it goes different, but I liked it. Yeah. Uh, like it... a lot of things, I'm I'm more of a fan of the first season, but I liked the whole thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm always in favor of any sort of, you know, robots that kill people. <laughs> I like I like shows with that, so hard to disappoint me there. <laughs> uh, but a, a recommended watch. Yeah. Definitely, especially the first the first the first season. Yeah, I, I've I've only ever seen the first season, and I liked it so much that uh, I'm waiting to watch the first season over again, and then two and three back to back. Are they doing another one? Do you know? Or I don't know. It leaves it kind of open. It's not, uh, you know, it does it doesn't like have a big finale ending where every question is answered or anything. So, hmm. so probably. Well, I'm hoping so because I what I saw I liked, and I've heard mixed things about 
two and three, season two and season three. Um, but I, I think the, uh, I don't know, it looks like the quality's there. I've seen trailers for them and I don't know, I'm intrigued. But, well, I guess we'll have to see how it goes. I've got that queued up to watch, but one day it'll be, one day it'll sit down. I'm a sucker for the killer robots too. I love that <laughs> motif. I like friendly yeah, we, robots also, but but killer ones are more yeah. fun. Friendly robots, can you ever really trust them? Well, to get you into trouble, yes. <laughs> I mean, so far Vision hasn't been killing very many people, but there's always, you know, that could change anytime. That's right. Well, so you got Westworld under your belt. I finished up Stephen King's The Stand. So and, where do you uh, stand on The Stand? Where do I stand on The Stand? Well, right down in the shit, to tell you, honestly. <laughs> Knee deep in it. Um, I tried so, so hard to, to, to like the show. And there are things that are likable about it. There's some character moments that are really good, particularly in the um, early, early episodes. Um, Larry Underwood is a good character and he's got a, a good little character arc and Harold, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the story at all. Harold is the kind of Stephen King stand in. He usually has the character that's written in there. Either that is him, uh, matter of factly, or is a sort of a, a surrogate for him to insert himself into the story. And in this case, it's Harold and he's a really unsavory dude. He's the uh, it's a pretty honest depiction of, of, I think the guy's bad qualities, but mm-hmm. he's a good character in the show, but really, I don't know. How familiar are you with the stand, Tim? I read the book a couple times. Oh, oh, so you're familiar. I'd say that's familiar. I read the original version and then I, re- I read the revamped, uh, updated version <clears throat> with modern uh, dates and history and advertisements and things like that in it. And I don't remember when that came out, but there was two different versions. Yeah, he had the uh, or the original one that the editors made him chop up, and then when he got all big and famous, he put out the uh, the uh, complete version of it that had like another four hundred pages or something like that. It seemed quite long. Not yeah. gonna lie. <laughs> well, that's the one that I read, and um, and uh, yeah. Anyway, if you if if you like the story, like if you like the story, they do, they do a um, faithful job of telling the story. All the things that you want to see are in there, like all the all the story notes and everything are in there. But uh, they just forgot some stuff that just makes a, a TV show good, I think, as opposed to making a book good. So they just kind of like um, flatlined it there. And a couple of them are like... It, it's a villain problem. Like when you read the book, the stand, they can tell you how bad the guy is. But when you mm-hmm. watch the show, they, you don't really get that. And they don't really show how bad the guy is. You just kind of have to pick that up along the way. But by the time you actually get to figure out who the bad guy is, he's kind of toothless. And, and then you're like left wondering, well, why should I care about any of this in the first place? And um, I don't know. Sounds man. like it the was, soul of it isn't there. That, that's really what it is. Like, uh, you know, they, when they distill it down to a TV show, they kind of lost something in translation and um, it's not for lack of trying. I mean, there's, there's good actors in the show and you could tell that the people who were writing it actually cared about it. Um, but it just kind of fell flat and it was, it was kind of a bummer for me, but I watched it till the end because I, I just love that story so much. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm giving it to, I don't know. It's kind of like watching, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's, it's just a rough watch. I think it was, Okay, well, how, so how many out of seven? 
out of seven, I'm going to yeah. give it a, th- a three out of seven. Three out of seven. Okay. That's not worth it's, watching then for me. No. It's no, got to be at I, least a 3.5, right? <laughs> to get a to get a 50%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd give it a three out of seven. It's, it's, uh, it's not quite there. Hmm. But so then after that, I kind of was left feeling empty and hollow and I, I filled the void with a bunch of, uh, of, of really uh, crazy movies that I normally wouldn't watch. Some of them I would, uh, but, but a lot of them, I just kind of, I, I kind of challenged myself uh, to broaden my horizons beyond tights and lightsabers. And uh, I found some gems, man. I found some gems. Um, yeah. Uh, Possessor is one. Uh, it's a little extremely violent, but if you haven't seen that, I'd give it a watch. Possessor. Possessor. Yeah. Sounds like um, a horror movie. Well, it's kind of, it's, it's um, got horror elements to it, but it's, it's kind of a weird uh, mixed bag. So it's Brandon Cronenberg, the son of David Cronenberg. Oh. And if you watched the movie, you'd swear it was a David Cronenberg movie. I think he just really leaned into it hard and went piss on it. I'm just going to do it. So you, uh, I watched this movie and I turned it off and I thought, well, conversations must have been really interesting around the Cronenberg family dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> Because it was, I, I'm a hard guy to rattle, and this movie shook me, man. It was, it's nuts. It's got some stuff in there that uh, you'll never forget. You'll always remember. <laughs> so, and that's the Cronenberg signature. Every one of uh, David Cronenberg's movies has had one of those moments where you just. Oh, it's true. <clears throat> yeah, there's something that always just punches in the gut and sticks with you. It's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, well, for instance, like jamming, uh, cutting a hole in your stomach and sliding your pistol in there. And yeah. then. Letting go of it and just leaving it in there? Yeah. For instance? Yeah. Is our, this is Videodrome? Yeah. Yeah. And then later pulling it out as a flesh gun? Yeah. Well, I remember going to rent that. I was like, uh, <laughs> I, I went to the video store, the local video store, and the guy who was there, he was pretty good. And uh, we were going to go rent this Videodrome movie. I think I was like 12 or something like this. And I had the case in my hand. You go up and you take the case up to the counter. And then uh, I went to go rent this movie and the video store guy stopped me. And he's like, I can't let you walk out of here with this dude. And I said, why not, man? And he's like, he just said to me, he's like, if you're, if your parents see this, they're going to phone me and I don't want that bullshit. So he's like, you pick something else and you can take that out of here, but I'm not letting you. It was the only movie he wouldn't let me watch. Hmm. And I finally saw it in completion about two years ago. I hadn't seen it all this time. Well, what about that little, little area in the back with the swinging doors, you know? The porn movie area. Well, my video store didn't have that one. They had a big uh, <laughs> book on the counter with all the covers in it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And so if you wanted to go through that, you had to do it in front of the rest of the video renting crowd, mm. like a shameful. They didn't have the se- the secret little room that you could sneak into when nobody was looking. No, 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 no. There wasn't any of that. You're, you're out in public <laughs> with your shame. But okay. yeah, that was my, that was my David Cronenberg story. So if you ever want to, if you really want to feel uncomfortable, and uh disgusted uh, give it a watch it's like a, a roller coaster uh where they they just throw pig blood at you at the end of it well the only things that would come close to that would be clive barker movies yeah i haven't really seen too many of those really you haven't you don't know uh um hellraiser no i've never watched the you have thing. not watched hellraiser no sir hellraiser 2 then probably not nope um, I think the only one I've actually seen is my friend made me watch 
not made me. I did it willingly, but we watched uh, In the Mouth of Madness. Okay. Well, what about Nightbreed? Oh, I have seen Nightbreed. I, I had to see that. I was a I was a Calgary guy, so uh, anyone mm. anyone from Calgary's like, you got to see Nightbreed, man. It's yeah. only Calgary. Yeah, and then and then they they went to a uh, <clears throat> graveyard at north of Athabasca. <laughs> oh, is that right? Which is a real joke because north of Athabasca is a large swamp that doesn't have any big graveyards full of uh, mausoleums, etc. Well, that'd be one but, terrifying graveyard. They just don't have that north of Athabasca. No, no, you're getting into some some territory there. I've been up there. It's uh, bush, bush with swamps. Yeah, not a. There aren't a whole lot of really picturesque graveyards I find in these in this part of the world. You know, those uh, really what would you call it? Graystoned. Well, Medicine Hat has a very nice graveyard. Is that right? Why didn't he set it there? It's like he was unfamiliar with the terrain. <laughs> Okay, so we've we've uh, really gone down a crooked alley now, but I'd suggest watching Hellraiser two at some point or another, just for the hell of it. Number two is the is yeah. the one you recommend the most. Yeah, you could just get the highlights of number one, so you know what the what's going on, and then watch number two, and then skip all the other ones, all um, eight of them or however many there is. Somebody will probably now, be mad at me for that, but. Uh, well, to all the Clyde Barker people out there, I got to win some points back here. I am a big <laughs> fan of the book, The Thief of Always. I read that book and I thought it was amazing. And I gave it to my kids to read because I'm a bad parent and I want to scare them. So I, I do I do really have a, a soft spot for that one. There is a Hellraiser uh, <clears throat> graphic novel, I believe, which maybe would, I haven't looked at it, but maybe that would substitute for movies. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm the, I, I like the movie experience. So I'm, I think I'm going to, you know what? I will broaden my horizons. I will continue my latest trend of movie watching horizon broadening. And I might uh, go out of my comfort zone and check out some Clyde Barker films. Like maybe, maybe you should go all the way and watch the, just one and two, three. Uh, I don't know. It has its moments, I guess. I mean, anytime that the uh, Cenobites show up and kill people, it's always good, but. So those are the bad guys that you see, like the, the pasty Pinhead face. is a Cenobite. Yes. Uh, leather wearing freaky guys. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the important things to know about the series is that there's always a puzzle box lying around, which is left like a like a trap for the the kind of people that should go to hell, find that box and have to open it. It's not really hell, but whatever the dimension is, there's a lot of pain and suffering involved. Once, once you open the box, usually get speared or hung up on some hooks or dismembered. Something nasty happens if you open the box. Well, that sucks. That's basically the whole premise. Don't open the box. Oh, you did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to give it a shot. Just Same thing, though. There'll be certain things in it that you just can't unsee once you've seen it. Oh, I. Uh, that's that's my whole life. I was having uh, dreams last night about a movie I watched last night. That just <laughs> uh, the character in it just gave me nightmares and. <laughs> I could. I was. I, I. couldn't stop thinking about how evil she was. So I. I was just. She just showed up in my dreams that she was at the airport getting on a plane, and I was like, I can't get on a plane with this lady. I'm not doing it. And the movie was uh, the new one on. It was called uh, I Care a Lot. And if you really oh. want to see, have you heard of I this? Thought, I thought you were going to say Legally Blonde. No, man. No. It was. <laughs> what's the difference? It's. 
this uh, this this movie is like terrifying man like i'm scared of getting old now that i watch this movie mm. it wasn't the best of movies but she was really good in it and she was just so cold and terrifying that that uh i just rue ever running into someone of that moral fiber it's just awful should we move to something light and fluffy now like one do light and fluffy whoa wandavision i need it <laughs> so yeah. so i ran down we're a little bit late doing the podcast so i ran through it on friday and uh, I'm assuming you did too. What'd you think? I loved it. There's a lot, There's of, a lot things of fun happening here. Yeah, we had a little uh, text text session afterwards, and uh, so we got to give you proper proper victory points here, Tim. You were right all along. <laughs> it seemed that was almost a gimme, though. If you know the comics, you wouldn't think that they would put Agnes in there and have her not and have her not be Agatha. But I still don't think that she's evil. Mm. Like she might not be squeaky clean, but dude, she killed Sparky. But we don't know that Sparky was a dog. <laughs> he could. I mean, he just showed up, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, after seeing the cat and Captain Marvel, he, anything's up anything's up for grabs now don't trust the pets in marvel yeah so i would say that there must be some reason that she killed sparky so as soon as the dog showed up she brought over uh what did she bring over for the dog as soon as the dog arrived she was over there bringing a dog house or something and uh she knew instantly that the dog was there and then she made the dog go missing so why would she do that there's got to be something something to that and the, so the boys were around then. So yeah, the, the boys found the dog outside, they said, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, Agatha made it go missing. It just seems suspicious, doesn't it? So Does she okay. just hate dogs or was there something up with this dog? Well, this is interesting now. And this is why I'm really hesitant to give my opinion, my, my uh, irresponsible opinion of this show until the whole thing is over. Mm -hmm. Because I, I think there might be something. We have two episodes left and we've just had like a semi-major uh, kind of revelation, which everyone kind of saw coming. Like, I, I don't really know much about Agatha Harkness, but I do know that Catherine Hahn is a fairly well-respected, decent uh, actor. And to have her in the show is... Uh, and have her just as a background character doesn't make a whole lot of sense. She's a big enough name that I knew she was going to have a, a pretty heavy stature in the show. Um, so I think there's some really serious stuff coming down the pipe. Oh, yeah, and, for sure. Uh, we just got to see what they're going to dish to us here. So in the comics, she's always on Wanda's side. And Wanda's never like flat out a bad guy. She's like mentally unhinged at times in the comics, etc. But Agatha was always there trying to help her out. Like she was, you know, she's not a super villain or anything in the comics. So they're, probably they're not going to like really go against that too far, right? But she yeah. might be under control or something. But there was a couple times that she was sitting on the couch and stuff in the show. And she just looked upset and a little stressed. She didn't look like, you know, she wasn't sitting there like the bug on uh, Family Guy rubbing his hands to go, go together going, excellent, perfect, you know, like... That is not the the way she's in the show. No, she seems she seems on edge. So she, I don't think that she's the the mastermind. 
we still keep seeing that uh, mailman wandering around with packages with a smirk on his face. Ah, the mailman. Mr. McFeely. Is it Mr. McFeely? Well, that's the mailman and Mr. Rogers. Hmm. That's the only famous mailman hmm. I know. Well, either way, the mailman, there's something up with him because every once in a while they show him. So there's some foreshadowing there. Uh-huh. So during the course of the show, we got a couple fun things. We got mm-hmm. uh, Vision finding, um, um, what's her name? Darcy. Darcy, Darcy. Yeah. So he finds Darcy Lewis and and does the old Vision mind trick, brings her back to reality. A big question I have, though, is how is it that um, Monica can go in, retain all her memory, and, and everyone else has to have the vision mind trick? Did I miss something? It's because she's becoming a superhero, probably, is what their explanation is going to be. Mm. So um, Vision and Darcy have a little, you know, they're driving around in the ice cream truck or whatever it is, the circus truck, and everything's not going their way. They're getting stalled. Vision mm-hmm. does the fly guy thing out, and I can't remember where he wound up leaving off. He just flies up in the sky and he's heading home, but we don't get to see what happens when he gets there. Yeah, he doesn't get home in time for the end. Yeah. If I, that, okay. So we had an end credit scene here for the first time. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm jumping ahead a bit here. I don't know if that's too much. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking uh, disjointed here. I'm all over the map. Okay. Well, that's when. Uh... Monica Rambo is going into the cellar and suddenly Pietro's at her shoulder and he says, Snooper's going to snoop. Snooper's going to snoop. So is he snooping too? Probably. Because the last, last we saw him, he was being thrown away from uh, Wanda, right? Mm-hmm. She was mad at him. And she's basically like, you're not my brother. So is he a free agent now? We don't know. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot. Uh, that kind of shook my foundation because I thought... Uh, when they introduced that guy back in, I thought he was going to stay around as the as the new Quicksilver sort of thing. So that reality is a little bit shaken for me. Now I don't really know what to expect, um, if they're going to keep that guy in the show or, or what. And that's keeping me, this kind of stuff is keeping me intrigued because uh, obviously they wouldn't bring that guy into the show with the intention of just casting him aside so casually. And we haven't explained no. why, we haven't been explained why he is a different actor this time, which is. Well, I think he's from the Nexus. So the commercial, commercial on the show was yeah. the Nexus, right? Now the Nexus of, I'm just reading, reading straight offline here. The Nexus of all realities is a magical area in the Marvel universe that acts as a gateway to various other dimensions. And in the comics, it's located in a swamp in New Orleans and is guarded by the mute creature man thing. And also yeah, one as okay. a Nexus, Nexus being. So that's the comic book storyline. But we had a commercial for it, so obviously they're gonna they're gonna take it, right? Well, if we get Man Thing, I'm gonna be happy. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't want more Man Thing? Oh, everyone wants Man Thing. Is he just a rip off Swamp Thing, really? I'm not sure which one came first, but one's intelligent, one's fairly th- thoughtless. So you don't really have a lot of plot when he shows up. He just causes pain. Swamp Thing is the one with the. Uh... He's got, he's got lots of plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see. Now, there, there was a Man-Thing movie made, uh, I'm going to say 20 years ago-ish, somewhere in there. Never saw it. Oh, you, you are missing out huge. I can't tell you what it's even about. There was a man, and he was a thing. 
<laughs> that's about all I can remember. I don't think it was the, that hot, to be honest with you. But, you know, it was the only Man-Thing movie we had at the time. So you never know. I think maybe Man-Thing could be a... I'm a little bit... I think I have a Man-Thing number one around, kicking around somewhere. I might might have that. I should dig it up. I might even have two copies of it. I don't know why. I don't know why I'd even admit to that, but I did. Hmm. So do you think that's a likelihood that we're going to get something like that or, or they're going to explore the Nexus at all? Or is it just kind of going to be... I don't know. I, what did it say in the commercial for the Nexus? It said something about the doctor that you shouldn't go to the, you shouldn't uh, go to the Nexus unless the doctor tells you to. It seemed like a hint towards Dr. Strange. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think there are that many kind of like uh, breadcrumbs in this show? I think so. They seem to be. It'll be, I think I'm too dumb to the whole Marvel um, (laughs) anatomy and they just keep going over my head. Um, I think I'm just missing all this stuff. Well, the reason th- there's some of us that like me that have watched it three times so we can make notes and then we go online and compare <laughs> each other's notes. That's how we know all this stuff. Because <laughs> we're crazy. You're deep in the Nexus. <laughs> Straight up to the neck in the Nexus. <laughs> yeah, the Nexus. <laughs> um, it, you want to hear another one that somebody else spotted? The uh, box of cereal that she's eating? Sugar snaps. I saw like that. Because in the snap of Thanos' figures. Well, was there an actual cereal called Sugar Snaps? A long time ago. I don't think there was an actual Sugar Snaps, but they used to have sugar in the name, like Sugar Crisps or... I remember Sugar Crisps. I thought there was like a knockoff brand, like Sugar Snaps or something like that. I thought, I when I saw, I noticed that box too, and I thought, may, and maybe this is a bit of Mandela effect here, but I was like, oh, Sugar Snaps. <laughs> like I remembered Sugar Snaps. Like, I, like I've had maybe. them before. But maybe I'm just combining a couple different things in my own head. Now I'm freaking myself out here. But uh, okay, so I guess uh, another kind of question I have is: she's got this basement, and she's like, she makes some uh, Agatha. I mean, she makes some pretty specific mansions of magic. Mm-hmm. So are we? Marvel's kind of shied away from uh, quote unquote using the term without describing it as like science as magic. Yeah, the movie, um, the movies have anyway. Okay, but apparently, and I didn't know anything about this before, but the Darkhold, which is probably what that book is, was on Marvel TV shows, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Runaways. Oh, really? Although it looks slightly different, so it may not actually be the Darkhold. But if it was, it's uh, written by Cthon, who was a demon or elder god, which had figured in the Wanda and Agatha Harkness stories. And this book supposedly created the first vampire. So now somebody made a mention of the fact that there's a Blade movie eventually. They have uh, they have cast a Blade movie and it is deep in the thralls of production. So this might be the connection to that. I don't know how deep they're going to tie everything together, but beings it's worked so well for them in the past, why wouldn't they tie everything together, right? Mm-hmm. So this could be, they could be basing a whole bunch of stuff off of, uh, off of WandaVision. It's a linchpin. Well, now you've got me reminiscing about the Blade movies. <laughs> and I've, I had this conversation before. If it wasn't for the Blade movies, this would not, we would not be having this conversation right now about WandaVision. Blade was really the, uh, the first of the comic book movies, the modern comic book movies in my mind. Yeah, I really liked the first one. I wasn't as big of a fan of the next two, but they were okay. Oh, boy. 
by the third one, uh, you can, there, there are, uh, if you ever want to have a really interesting read, there are blogs and, and articles about the third movie and the shenanigans that went on. And that's on that set with Wesley mm-hmm. Snipes and Ryan Reynolds that are just the, it'll dude, you'll be laughing for days, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, blade, uh, I don't know. It's curious. So you think that maybe, uh, they're going to use this as a springboard to launch the new blade movies. Well, they could potentially, right? There's there would mm-hmm. be a way to do it. There'd be a way to tie that book to the first vampire. So why not? Well, one of the things that Marvel's super good at doing, I think, and uh, the reason I think you're onto something here is that they are really good at making all the um, little seeds, the planting all the little seeds throughout all their properties, so that when something does happen, you'll have you'll have seen something before. Or there'll be some reference to it. And maybe you uh, maybe you need that to enjoy the next thing that's coming, and maybe you don't. But but they always make sure that there's a little bit of breadcrumb there to, for you to for you to chew on on your way through the whole through the whole it's, series. So it's just like the uh, you know when a comedian's doing a set of jokes and he told one fairly early on, and then everybody forgets about it by the end. But when then you hit the end of his act and he throws that same joke thing out there, yeah, and you're like oh yeah, that that's like the topper, you know, the kicker or whatever. Oh yeah. You get everyone to laugh the same joke twice. Yeah. Yeah. So say for instance, you're in the movie Ant-Man two in the theater and, and you get all the way through the movie, which was a good movie. You get to the end, he gets shrunk down and while he's shrunk down, everybody gets snapped and everybody in the theater lost it because that was the kicker, right? That was the button that connected that movie to all the other movies. That was pretty hot. That was a good, that was a good, touch yeah it, so it works if, magic man so if they're thinking about this in the terms of actual show business how do we connect all of our jokes or our movies or whatever together of course it makes sense to thread them all through with these things the more threads you got the more because most people will miss 90 percent of them but they'll catch one everyone well, will catch one or catch, two yeah and, and they'll and be happy inside yeah <laughs> they'll, they'll be able to give themselves a little pat on the back inside because they're like oh yeah i remember that yeah, I don't know. They're they're super good at doing it, and uh, we'll see we'll see where it goes. So I'm still hanging on hope for my Charles Xavier cameo, and uh, and and the birth of the X Men movies in 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 WandaVision. I know it's an outside stretch. I know it's a dark horse, but I'm still holding out hope, man. Well, we might be seeing Reed Richards yet because we're still waiting for the aerospace engineer, right? Oh, is that who's so who's called him in uh, Sword? Uh, he's with, he has something to do with sword, but I thought Monica was waiting for him. Mm. I'm not, I can't remember now, but earlier on, somebody was at, was expecting him and he hasn't, whoever it is, hasn't showed up yet. So that's also a possibility. It seems like we're coming to a really, I don't know. The actors have, have let us know that there's going to be a big reveal still like a big reveal and everything's going to tie together. That's dirty. That is a dirty, dirty. <laughs> I'm just going to call this out right now. It's a that's a dirty son of a bitch trick right there. What you just did, because you know what, you could have sold me a clump of dirt right now, and I'd be like, oh yeah, <laughs> what? It's Luke Skywalker showing up at the end of this one too. You probably will. Watch it. Could you imagine if Luke Skywalker showed up and that was the cameo? If that, that happens, would... I'm not, I'm my, my TV is going off. I am not watching <laughs> anything else for the rest of my life. It's the, it's the reality has now jumped the shark and I'm out. Yeah. Maybe they'll have to uh, 
they'll have to make their way into the center of the Death Star so they can destroy the core of it. No, I'm I'm buying a I'm making a fucking <laughs> spaceship out of a washing machine and blasting off explorer style. I'm leaving this Earth. It's going. There's, there's no going. chance that they're going to do that. No, <laughs> let's leave it that there's way. No pres- I, there's no precedent for it in the comics. So no, and well, there is, there is, there is, uh, there are like little moments of crossovers in the comics. I what was I? I think it was like a oh no, maybe I'm wrong, but there was like a Indiana Jones comic or something like that where he goes and he. Uh, like Han Solo and Chewie have crashed on Earth, and, and Indiana Jones like finds their uh, their mummified remains. Well, that doesn't some, make any uh, sense. Well, it, it, you can look it up, man. It's in the comics. He did it. They yeah, they they got outside of the universe and they died and they crashed on Earth. And Indiana Jones found their stuff. They found their found their bodies. That's in a Marvel comic. Hmm. And now that they own everything. There is, I've seen, I've seen chatter online. I've seen, uh, what do they call it in the spy world? Tradecraft, tradecraft about, um, mm. about how Marvel and DC or Marvel and, oh my God, I just send huge Marvel and Star Wars could, uh, uh, collide intercosmically or something like that. But they're in a different time period. They'd have to be doing some time traveling because well, that was reality long bending. ago, far away. Long ago, far away, yeah. But uh, by that 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 wording right there, it just uh, sends that whole story into our reality, doesn't it? That's what brings you into that reality. It does, yes. So, I mean, what's to say when things get really desperate that Marvel isn't just going to jump on that ship? Well, as long as the Cylons and uh, and uh, you know, you know where I'm going with that. As long as Battlestar Galactica doesn't arrive at the dark side of the moon, we're okay. <laughs> that that would be the last straw. Oh, there'd be so many last straws. I saw someone put up something that said, now that Marvel owns 20th Century Fox and all of their properties, that Marla Singer from Fight Club could now be considered a Disney princess. No, really. <laughs> and I think that'd be an interesting cartoon, 2D animation, and let's make it so. We're, we're pitching it right now. Mm. That should look pretty good with bigger eyes. Yeah, I think she'd make a hilarious Disney character. <laughs> now that's never going to happen, of course. But uh, something, something funny anyway. Something funny about Disney owning everything. So, where do you think we go from here, Tim? What are your predictions for the next episode? Well, I guess Vision's going to show up. Are they all going to meet in the basement? Is there going to be a fight over the book? What's next? I don't know. I can't really um, see where they're going here. Where did the twins go? I hope they just go away. I hope a, a, a reality rewrite happens. I don't even know what the, what are those guys? Like they can't be real people. Can they? Well, she gave birth to them. They seem like uh, we weren't really, it seems like we, they, we really are supposed to connect and, and uh, yeah, they're gone. They're disappeared. Aren't they? Yeah. They vanished. Oh, that's dark. So not, I didn't, I'm not sure, but if they are actually demon spawn, then they might just vanish. guess we'll wait and see. So Agatha popped them out of existence, do you think? Or sent them to another plane maybe, of reality? Maybe, they didn't. maybe she put them in the freezer. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> dark. Dark. Yeah, they're in there next to Sparky. Yeah, right I beside don't know. Sparky. We'll see what happens. Maybe they just left to get their dad and then came back, right? Like, it seemed like they were a little bit concerned about him. So, I don't know. Yeah. it's. Uh, I have a feeling that they're fine. It takes a special kind of devil, awful human being to write a story first off where you kill a dog and then where you you off two kids 
in a family show. Uh, I can't imagine that they're actually going to get rid of the kids now that they've introduced them. They're probably because they do have to become uh, members of the Young Avengers, which is probably exactly where we're going. Uh, probably Monica is going to be Spectrum or whatever. And we'll have the two kids because they'll probably jump in age again or something. And who else would be in there? You know, but that's potentially what's going to happen here. She-Hulk maybe. Wow, She-Hulk. Right? Yeah, that's the that thing kind of stuff could happen. So, so probably you're right. They're probably not going to do them in. They probably aren't in the freezer besides Sparky. No, no. Like it takes a special kind of asshole to write a to write that into your story, especially in a, yeah. they're coming back. Like rest easy, they're coming back. Everybody. Yeah. What now, do we think Cronenberg did not write the script. This is no. <laughs> well, here's the other thing too: is I personally I could do without these kids for the rest of the show, and I, I don't like shows with kids in them. I think yeah, kids are weird, and uh, kids in shows are usually tend to be weird. Now these two guys are happen to be really good actors. And, uh, and, and they can always do that. But after a certain point, you just check out of the kids thing, you know, like you use them, Oh, the kids are in danger. And then once that's out the window and you've done that to me once or twice, then I don't know why I should be invested in these kids anymore, because obviously you're not going to do anything awful to kids in a show. Right. So when they, when they do that, it's another, I always think, ah, cheap, cheap, that's cheap. And then, uh, I'm hoping they do the Wesley Crusher thing with these guys and they just Mm. go, well, we did the cheap thing with them and we pulled your heartstrings and now they've gone off with some sort of interdimensional traveler. Some and, traveler? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can uh, you can check back with them at a later date if we when, feel like When they're it. old. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're old and great. Or they're the same age and old. I don't know. So you never watched Lava Girl and Shark Boy or Lava Lava Shark and Girl Boy or whatever? No, did that happen? Lava, Shark, Lava Girl and Shark Boy? That was a movie. Yeah, Robert Rodriguez. Not your favorite thing. I haven't seen him. I like mm. Robert Rodriguez, but I he didn't make those movies for uh for uh my I don't know, like my kids were never the age where they would have liked those movies and they never got into them and I was I think I was too old to to enjoy them myself. And they just looked like super cheap, so I never never watched them even though I kind of like things that look super cheap. And I like Robert Rodriguez too. He's always done impressive stuff like that episode of the Mandalorian where Boba Fett kicked everyone's ass. He did that. Oh yeah. But no, I haven't. Is that what happens with shark boy and lava girl? Do they go off to another dimension? I think I'm not sure. I think they're virtual. Or they just came back. They made a movie of them when they're older. Is that what you mean? No, I think they're in a video game. I'm not absolutely sure. I never watched it. So I was really my, my kids did. Do they love them? I think so. Might have to there there is a movie now called we, we can all be superheroes on Netflix, which has nods to the, those movies. Are those the same characters though? I'm not sure if it's the same characters. I just, uh, maybe some of them are. Hmm. I don't know. We don't know anything about the shark boy and lava girl universe. Well, maybe Disney will buy them up and we'll find out all about it. <laughs> <laughs> what else is left to buy out there? I guess, uh, you know, they're going to get mad about the Hulk and not being able to make any Hulk movies. So they'll buy universal next. Maybe if they just ended up with all their original property plus for Marvel, that would be the first school probably, right? Yeah. I just, uh, there isn't a whole lot more I want to see out of the Marvel universe at this point. They've given me so much already, but if they could just give me a kick-ass Silver Surfer and Galactus, I'd be so happy. Yeah. Well, right now I'm hoping that some of these other things pan out that are in the works, right? Yeah. The uh, We have prequels to the Lord of the Rings. 
a series, um, things like that. Stuff that's a little different. Yeah, we'll see. How long do you think this? Uh, how long do you think the Marvel wave can go? Well, if they keep tying things together, they've got lots of potential because next, next this will end, and then we're gonna have uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? Mm-hmm. And we also have the Loki show. And isn't there one more series, little mini series, that I'm missing? And then of course there'll be movies. And if these all work out, they'll pop out a few more. So really, if they do nine or 10 episode mini series that are all tight like this one, they can go for a long time because we'll never, they'll never, each one will jump its own shark and then they'll go to another one. Right. So this is the thing is like, when you see a success story like this, you look at this and you're like, wow, this is like a huge, huge thing. And my big worry is that they'll become so intertwined and connected that people will just eventually phase out and just go, you know what? I don't want to care about this many things all at the same time. So um, I'm dodging out and it'll be like the one thing that's the least interesting to people, whether or not that's something like, I don't know, uh, Eternals or um, what else is coming out. Um, I know that there's the new Thor movie coming out. One of these things, like, do you think maybe that is, is this in the cards? Is the seeds of its own destruction sown into the fabric of this Marvel cape? Well, probably, but if they spread it out, like for instance, right now there's only one Marvel thing going and it's not really releasing a lot of stuff at once. We're just getting a taste of it and then that's it. So if most of the time they're just doing that, it'll take a long time to time that out. Mm-hmm. Like maybe, it's, maybe it's carefully designed to trickle. Well, I think in this stage of the game, it would be take a, a, a really um, careless and sinister act to lose the good faith that they built in their fan base. And I think that's fairly unlikely. It, it's almost like, you know, we're back in the early 2000s talking about the, uh, the, uh, the financial system and we're, and we're saying they're too big to fail. That's almost how I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you really think about it, they could absorb a, they could absorb easily a $200 million loss on a movie. And I don't even think they'd blink. Probably. They'd probably keep going. And, and I think they have, like you look at a couple of the, the misfires that they had early on, like the Thor, the dark world, or, uh, well, that's pretty much it. Uh, they just kept soldiering on. They just walked right through those. Like nothing happened. Yeah. I don't think Iron Man two was a giant hit either. No, but there was a, you know, there was the writer's strike involved in that. And Iron mm-hmm. Man 3, I remember being a modest, pretty modest hit. I know a lot of people didn't like that one, but I enjoyed it. But that's other than that. Like, I mean, they've just steamrolled and gotten gotten bigger and bigger since then. It's uh Well, everything does come I, to an end, right? Once things well, get too big and unwieldy, maybe they'll have trouble. But I, I saw someone, um, someone was talking about how uh, like the superhero movies are so prevalent right now. And they they likened this to um, the the westerns, like in the 30s, 40s, 50s. Uh, for mm-hmm. 30 years, we had westerns, right? And the western was the king of cinema. They just were out all the time. Everyone was making them. It and it was the same thing: a hero archetype, you know, a team. You had teams of west a western team, the Magnificent Seven, Guns of Navarone, all that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then eventually, like it just kind of Everyone just went, ah, ah, shit. And they went on to something else. They went on to like your <laughs> uh, mobster movies and film noirs and all this other stuff. So I don't know, maybe something like that's coming up uh, and we're, and we're just reaching that saturation point one day, maybe. one day. I, I think it's got more staying power than vampires. There's about five years where everything was vampire, everything. 
vampires here, vampire. There was vampires on every street corner. Some of I them know. were glittery and some of them were bloody. But and I actually really got sick of vampires fast. There was a, there was a time there where everybody was in love with vampires and I just didn't care at all. You know, you know what the hard part is, is I'm always early to the party. And I like I'm this I'm this uh, perpetual asshole who always shows up early and then leaves, goes, oh, OK, that's great. So like I was reading all the, uh, you know, I enjoyed the vampire motif myself, you know, uh, in the 90s. And I was like, yeah, yeah, these vampire shows are great. And then I saw an interview with the vampire. They made the movie of that. And I thought that was the rise. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. in 1992, you had that great Dracula movie. And then they followed that up with Interview with the Vampire. And then after that, they made a sequel to Interview with the Vampire that sucked. And uh, and then that was it. I thought the vampire motif was over. And I checked out of Vampire's. Uh, with Queen of the Damned, but no, and it kept going. No, it did, and it got <laughs> it got way bigger, right? Uh, the only thing was, is like they were like, "Hey, nineties uh, guy who liked vampires, uh, these ones aren't so much for you." So um, I thought it was great that they redid vampires. I would have. Here's the thing with me and vampires. I mean, I'm off on a vampire tangent now. And now you got me, Gavin. So I caught the tail end of a movie. Uh, a recent movie with the guy who played Loki in it the other day called uh, um, um, only lovers left alive, which is a a vampire movie. And I caught the last shot of the movie and it was two creepy ass looking vampires with glowy ass, creepy vampire eyes and actual fangs. Mm -hmm. And I thought, Holy shit, a vampire movie, (laughs) which is like, I don't know why, but it's like, we've, I'm going to get on this tangent again. It's just like they can't show superheroes wearing costumes in their shows. It seems like they've made a whole bunch of vampire movies and they just said, you know what? We don't want to see on vampires like glowy, uh, creepy eyes. And we don't want to see any of these goddamn vampire fangs. We can't have that. That's horseshit. And so you don't get that anymore. Well, the true blood vampires all had fangs <clears throat> on the TV show. Uh, right. Oh, I forgot about that show. Yeah. But so that, that was where the entire vampire thing jumped the shark. The books were great, but in those in those books, which came out before Stephanie Meyer's books, the uh, the heroine, right? She could read minds, but she couldn't read the mind of the vampire that she was in love with, right? Mm-hmm. Then, mysteriously, in Twilight, the vampire couldn't read the mind of the human that he fell in love with. So just uh, you know, just steal that. Uh, kind of lame. You know that you know flattery. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, what's what's the saying there? It's like, uh, what, what would you say? Like um, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. No. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, there's everything's a little bit stolen. You, you know. Yeah, but that was like flat out, you know, come on. Just swap the characters that you can't read the mind of, but the other oh, one's telepathic. Like that's silly. Yeah. I don't I don't think that the, uh, I don't know much about the Twilight <laughs> stuff. I've never read them. I know lots of people who have, but I've never read them. And I just, I just have gathered that they're kind of like, a, um, they're the glittery version of vampires. Yeah. They're, I don't know. They, how did they start out? I, I don't even, I don't even know why we're talking about this. Well, we like vampires, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it just seems I, like a weird, a weird, uh, a weird, it totally worked though. Like to me, to me, I wouldn't understand why it works, but to everyone else, it was like, obviously a phenomenon. So, well, people love, uh, broken relationships that are like tragically flawed. They like yeah. to watch people that suck together. <laughs> people with, with, uh, you know, really big dependency problems 
and mental issues. They love that. Well, it is a lot more interesting to build a story around than a bunch of people who have their shit together. <laughs> That's right. No, like realistically, there's not a whole lot of conflict built into something like that, right? So it's not very, it's not just, in, it's just inherently not a very watchable scenario. No, no, you'd much rather watch something where you have a vampire that, that likes to watch you while you sleep. And then later he stops watching you while you sleep. And you're so sad about it that you try to commit suicide by throwing yourself off of a cliff. That kind of stuff is great. Is that in the story? Yep. Well, shit. But even if you think about like, you know, all the Disney movies or something like princess so-and-so she always starts out bummed out mm -hmm. you know if she wasn't bummed out there wouldn't be anything left to do and you wouldn't feel happy for her when she got to be happy no in order to have happy you have to have tragic that's right and uh and therein is built the uh the story archetype but i don't know i don't know where do we well, i thought the watchman movie in 2009 was going to be the death knell of the superhero movie but i was wrong and i remember saying this to people i was like this is going to be the movie to end superhero movies people just aren't going to get it big and expensive and it's going to flatline everything and then after this nobody's going to want to make superhero movies but i was really really wrong well tragically we're probably at the end of this episode we are yeah we've killed the episode our, our story arc is yeah. over we sowed the seeds of our podcast destruction into the fabric of our yeah. cape. Yeah, we jumped. We jumped the shark with. Uh, we jumped the vampire shark. <laughs> oh, I love going down these rabbit holes. Yeah. So it's a lot of landed, fun. Landed right on the back of that uh, turtle, that frozen <laughs> turtle. Oh man! Well, all right, man. I guess we'll wrap it up. Hopefully, um, we'll we'll be doing this again, maybe a little bit earlier next week. And uh, until that time, man. Yeah. Well. Thanks a lot for being patient with me while I scrambled to find my headphones. Well, well nobody's supposed to listen to this shit anyway, so. That's right. <laughs> Go find something to do, man. Get something, get, get a hobby, play guitar, sing a song, build a paper mache. Uh, vampire. Vampire. <laughs> do a vampire puppet show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Tim. Yeah, it's been a slice. It has. We'll see you next week. Bye.